Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Yes, so what happened was in the week, we had the blessing of our grandchildren to look after. And, um, and I, Hannah hasn't been well, Zoe's not been well at various points. And um, so Hannah said, would it be all right if we stopped over? But the only way we can do it is if, if uh, like basically if someone, looking at me, if the kids get up really early in the morning, somebody will get up and look after them. And, uh, and, and I was like, yeah, I can do that. And um, you know, I was thinking, I can, get, I can do an early morning every now and then. Anyway, it was half five, and um, I had the blessing of the children to look after, which some people are just like, that's normal, you know, so what? Um, you know, no man points. But um, it was an interesting time. I'm not usually up at that time in the morning. I didn't really know God was awake at that time in the morning, but it turned out, <laughs> turned out that he was, and so I was able to sit and be with him a little bit during you know, putting things on for the kids and doing stuff like that. I got my Bible out and started to read. And I was really reading Ephesians. And then I was praying and, um, and stuff started to kind of come to me. So I thought, oh, I'll make some notes for my journal or for whatever. I'm not very good at journaling. And then um, it started to feel like maybe this was all tied in with the year of hope and that this was God giving us some revelation about that and some different um, aspects of what it would look like for us to be in a year of hope as a church. And... Um, and I, 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 I got, you know, I put something on Facebook about it. Some of you might have seen that. And then I got a message off a guy called Paul, who I used to um, walk a beat that he lived in, in I think it was Harper Hay or Newton Heath. And um, I used to call in and have a cup of coffee with him sometimes. And he's a mighty man of God and a mighty man of prayer. And he keeps in touch sometimes. Anyway, he saw this and I'd put on that, um, I had, that I, in some ways I feel that this is a bit of a delayed word. I feel like, you know, in some ways it was like this is what God was, has been wanting to do and wanting to bring as part of, of the year of hope. But in some ways it's like you're not ready for it yet. And, and, and you know, there's an, a now point. And ultimately, as I was praying about this before, the fact is too, not everybody in the, in the room is necessarily going to be ready for it. You've got to make a decision as to whether or not you're ready for a word from God or not. You can be closed off to that. You know, it's like any seed can fall and it can, depends what kind of soil it lands on. And there's a receptivity to a word. There's a timing for a word. And, um, and if, if it's not for you, it's not for you. Um, you have to make those kind of decisions. But I'm believing that these are three words about something that God wants to do and he wants to start doing them now in ways that haven't happened before. And um, so Paul contacted me and actually he said that he thinks the reason, and he is quite a prophetic guy, um, he says the three words you're to give today didn't fit into the AGM because they're for way beyond just Ivy Manchester and even new thing. They encapsulate something beyond our understanding on the heart of our Father. They're like ready, steady, go. They're a, that's a universally understood starting sequence like zero, ignition, blast off. You've been prepared along with Ivy like a launch pad for a new mission beyond what we've been before. 
you're introducing a new face or facet of the kingdom jewel, the body of Christ. It's an awesome thing. So continue to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So I'm having some of that. Yeah. And um, Lord, I pray now that as we look at this word, I pray that it would be a release and that anybody who's this word is for would grab hold of it and it would go deep into into our hearts and I'm particularly praying that we've got visitors from other places but I'm praying especially for our church that this seed would go deep into the ground and that in your time it would start to germinate and Lord that can happen a lot quicker in the supernatural than in the natural so I pray Lord for uh, you to surround and water this word thank you for the worship that we've just been uh, been in that place of, of worshipping with you and I pray that soon after this when we, when we pray these things in that these uh, words if they're from you will germinate and will spring into new life in new ways so that we can't even begin to imagine what you're going to do in Jesus name Amen so what I was reading was in Ephesians and, uh, and in the message version. And, um, and there's this bit right at the beginning that, that grabbed me, Ephesians 1, verses 3 to 6. And, uh, and it says this, How blessed is God and what a blessing he is. He is the father of our master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to the high places of blessing in him. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his blessed son. He thought of everything provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. That's what prophecy is. He set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him. Everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet Earth. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. I think we've got a verse, we've got that. Have we got a slide that says that somewhere? Maybe it's down near the end, did it come in? It is in Christ that we find out, let's say it together. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. I read that and it just went boom, that's what prophecy is. That's really it, isn't it? We find out who we are and what we're living for. God wants to let us in on his plans. He's got plans, he's got purposes, and he wants us to know what they are. He's not trying to hide them away. He actually wants to reveal them to us. And so I want to bring three prophetic words for this year of hope for us to meditate on. Maybe you can write them down, make a note in, on, of them, because I, I want you to pray into these for us as a church, and if they're for you, for you as an individual. And it's like, if, you know, if these are from God, and if these are from heaven, and if, if, then it's like treasure isn't it and you don't just want to let that go you want to do something about it you want to hold on to it so again I'm not saying it is I'm just saying you know it's your my responsibility is to give it your responsibility is to weigh it and then pray it in and see if it's right and see if it lines up with scripture right from the outset 
the way I believe the Lord is encouraging for us to focus here is to see everything and he means everything from his perspective because when you see from his perspective it changes everything it was there in that passage you can see from your perspective you can see from other people's perspectives give you a different view if you're listening to lots of other people you can see from the perspective of media news about what's going on in the world and in your world all these perspectives have different mindsets but Zoe had a a thing one morning just not long ago really clearly God spoke to her near the end of last year with the words kingdom mindset and she kept on saying it and she kept on saying it to me kingdom mindset see we we see from where we are don't we you can only see from where you are. From where, you know, you're, I'm seeing you. <laughs> you're not seeing you. I can see you. I can see from where I am. You can only see from where you are. You made a decision in terms of where you, you sat tonight. Well, he, Ephesians 2 verse 6 says, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Yeah. Once you get up there, you change perspective. That's, right. yeah, that's why we have to get up there. Because we can't just do it for operating from an earthly perspective anymore. We're not allowed to do that anymore. Yeah. Not if we're Christians. It's part of what Jesus died and rose again was so that we could ascend and that we could be seated in those heavenly places. So the extent that you stay down here, you're denying what he's done. And you're denying what he's going to do. So refuse. Refuse to just see things from an earthly perspective. Amen. And it's only when we get that perspective, that heavenly perspective, we start to see from there and we start to pray from there and we see how big God is and we see, therefore, that things on the earth that look pretty big are actually quite small. And now we start to see the bigger picture. Oh, now I see that fits with that and that fits with that and that fits with that. That's not just a thing on its own. It's all connected. It's connected to this and that and that and that because now I can see the bigger picture. Everything looks different from up there. When you sit alongside Jesus Christ, as Ephesians tells us, we are seated. That's a past tense thing. It's not like you should be. It's like you are. So be where you are. Amen. See from where you are. And he says, we get to seat alongside Jesus Christ, who in Ephesians it says, is seated in the heavenly realms, far above, far above all rule and authority, all power and dominion, and above every name. Every name. And God has placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything. Who's in charge? When's Jesus in charge? He's head over what? What's he head over? Everything. What does that include? Everything. Everything. Does it include what's going on in your life? Does it include what's going on in your work? Well, what about your family? Does it include that? Yeah. What about what's happening in church? Yeah. Absolutely. You see, you have to see. There's a kingdom mindset that sees whatever is going on, God is in control. Yes. Doesn't mean he's making it all happen, but he's in control. And he's with us. And his intention to us is always good. Yeah. Jeremiah chapter 29, 11. I loved it uh, this morning I was at Shaston and Loz got up and he just spent a week in Kenya and he went to this place um, where 
there's these kids that are, are put in, it's like a, it, it, there's, the no, there's the open arms village where they're looked after really well, but, be, but some of them don't ever get there. Some of them are in this other place and it's just, it's awful. And some of our team went out there in the summer and they saw how awful this place is. That these kids who've been on rubbish dumps suddenly get brought to this other place that's only just one level above or full of the rubbish dumps that they live on to live in. And he said that there was graffiti all over the walls. And when he got to the walls and he saw what graffiti it was, it was all scripture verses. And, and he said he saw one, it's Jeremiah 29, 11. For I alone know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to help you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a bright future. And Lost says, if they can write that there, if they can write that there, what's, what's my excuse? Here's what it says in the Amplified Version. This is what God says. For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil. To give you hope. Hope in your final outcome. That's why you can have hope in 2019. That's why 2019 is our year of hope. No matter what is going on. And if you have that kingdom mindset, you can always have hope. To the extent that you have that kingdom mindset you will have hope and people will notice to the extent that you don't people won't notice but there's something about hope that's meant to be noticeable people the bible says are going to come to you and ask you for the reason for the hope that you have within you if you've got hope people are going to want to know why and your why is a who It says, be ready in First Peter. Be ready. If you've got a kingdom mindset and you've got hope, be ready for people to come to you and ask why. Why are you different? Why aren't you flapping? Why aren't you throwing all your toys out of the pram over this and that? Well, because Isaiah 8, 12 says, do not fear what they fear. Times of crisis are times of opportunity. Do not fear what they fear. I don't know if it's true. They say that in Chinese, the same word is for crisis and opportunity. I don't know if that's, that's true, but it's, it's not true. All right, don't get it done as a tattoo then. <laughs> but I know the Bible's true. And I do know that in times when everybody's hopeless, hopeful people stand out. Because God is for you, he's not against you, it's going to be okay. That's been the word that he's given me over and over again. It's going to be okay. There's been times recently, in the last few months, when I've not felt naturally it's going to be okay at all. And so often, God's just come and he said, it's going to be okay. Why don't you just speak that out yourself? Close your eyes and say, it's going to be okay. It is. I was fighting a big, ugly demon in a dream for a long time. Just a couple of months ago, I was so tired punching this thing. I thought I'd wake Zoe up I was literally 
fighting. And then I heard a sound that said, the father's here. And in came this ninja. <laughs> and it was like, oh, ho, ho, it's going to be okay. <laughs> and guess what? It was okay. It was okay. And this thing did not want to be there anymore. But you've got to come to the end of your fight and let him. And he's with you. So kingdom mindset means you don't look at any circumstance anymore. Here are these three words of the year, all linked to hope. Maybe one of them is for you, maybe all three. We're going to pray in them in soon. Number one is discover. Cambridge Dictionary says discover means find out for the first time or what was not known before. So usually we don't discover something new. We just see what was there and waiting. It already existed, but we just were like, oh, it's there. It's like, where's my keys? Oh, they didn't just appear there. They were there. There's something there and it's waiting to be unwrapped. Did anybody else see that even through hard times, 2018 was a year of discovery? For me, it was a big year of discovery. A year by characterised by finding out more. More. More about me. More about people. More about what God has got in store for me. And I believe that was just the start. Get ready for more, 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 more discovery in 2019. In a season of discovery, you find yourself outside of your comfort zone. That's it. You're never going to, you usually, you have to go outside of your comfort zone in order to make a discovery. Yes, sir. Discoveries lead to breakthroughs, innovations, new ways, inventions. You won't make progress until you made the discovery. So pray for that discovery and get ready to move out of comfort. This year, I believe, God says that there'll be times when you feel as though you've marched off the map. You know, like those explorers that they used to, they had to write the map. They drew the map as they were walking along. They'd been in new places and nobody had ever been there before. And so they had to make note of their surroundings because they were going to draw, draw the map as they went. And I think that's what we're going to be doing more and more. And, it, and they weren't lost. It doesn't mean you're lost. Just because you don't know where you're going doesn't mean you're lost. God knows where you're going. How can you be lost if you're with him? You're making discoveries. That's what you are. You're not lost. You're just making discoveries. You're, just going, you're in places you've not been before. You can't be lost when God knows your location. One of my favorite verses, and again, it's in Ephesians, Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So it's a discovery for us but it's, it's not new to him. It's not news to God. It's, it, and another translation says, oh, he's prepared in a good, good advance so that we should walk in them. I always love that bit. It just reminds me of like a treasure hunt. You know, and the purpose of the treasure hunt, in case you're like the most horrible parent on the world, in the world, is it, you, you're supposed to put the things out so the kids can find them, aren't you? Yeah. 
You know, you put them out and the kids walk around the garden and unless you're like super cruel, you're not going to hide them and lock them away. You're going to make it really obvious for them. Oh, you found it. That's what God's like with us. He wants us to discover things. You know, he's laying these things out in plain sight so that we'll see them and that we'll do them. Your father has prepared a lot of gold for you to discover. He wants you to discover the riches that he's already got ready for you. How much gold is there in the earth right now? How much is there in the gold? Gold in the earth still waiting to be discovered. Gold can't be created. People have tried to create gold, haven't they, for centuries. Alchemists have spent all their time trying to make gold, but they can't make it. You can't make more of it. It's just there to be discovered. Gold has to be discovered. The reason it's rare is because there's only, it hasn't all been discovered yet. There's only so much. And the earth is limited. But the amount of gold in heaven is unlimited. Amen. Heaven, heaven's resources, there's no end to them. So which economy are we going to make our mindset out of? Limited, earthbound, or heaven's mindset? In the Bible, gold is always compared to that which is actually most valuable, things like the word of God and wisdom and your faith, it says. is precious, more precious than gold. Think about the temple. I was thinking about the tabernacle. What's everything covered in? Gold. Everything, like the spoons. You know, hang on a minute. Every, every little thing was completely covered in gold. Why? It was meant to be like heaven. Heaven's gold is found in God's intimate presence. So it's as we go into his presence, as we draw closer to God, we discover his resources. So just don't go in for that, but while you're in with God, look around. You know, while you're in there, when you're praying, look around. Because he wants you to discover something. He's got more revelation, he's got more genius, he's got more ideas, he's got more resources, more encounters available. And I'm already seeing this. I, be I believe this year we're going to see more and more physical needs and physical needs becoming supernatural opportunities. For, for something that is like an only God thing to happen. When we get in the presence of the king... We're going to find ourselves surrounded by his resources. And he's very practical and reliable. And he does care for your needs, both great and small. We've got a declaration to declare. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Can you say that? As you get a kingdom mindset, as you start to see from heaven you, and, and look down, you declare that kind of thing over your life and we'll discover its reality. And to Ivy Church, I believe Jesus is saying, I am the source of everything that you need. I am releasing you from the fear of lack of supply. Amen. And that's what gets us ready for word number two, which is release. And the verse that comes to mind for this one is one that I've held back on speaking for years on. And I'm surrounded by people who talk about this verse all the time. And I never really have done. Because I've never felt like released to actually talk about it. Even though I've got a mate called Andy Hawthorne who's always quoting this verse. This verse. 
And even though I'm, we're part of a thing called New Thing, church planting, Isaiah 43 says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I've not felt a release for that now, for that new thing till now. But in the name of Jesus, I now release a new thing in this place, in the name of Jesus. A new thing that God is doing. And now it springs forth. I declare that over us as a church specifically. The former things Isaiah was talking about, some of them were good and some of them were bad. Means you look through the kind of things that he's referring to and God just says, look, forget all of them anyway. Good and bad. You ain't seen nothing yet. That's why you can forget it. If this is a good thing, you can be grateful for, be grateful for it. But, but, but like, that's, that, now there's a new thing. 2019 is a year of release. Amen. It's a year of release from past pain, past limitations, anything that's held us back. Do not dwell on the past, he says. You can't dwell in the past, so don't dwell on the past. Forget the former things. God is releasing a new thing. God can't release the new thing while you're still holding on to the old thing. You know, it's that old thing in it about, you know, you heard this thing about the monkey and now the monkey can't hold on. You know, if he's holding on to something, that's how they trap monkeys apparently. Why do you want to trap monkeys? I don't know. But have you heard that thing? They, they get like a coconut and they put something inside it and then it reaches its hand inside and it holds on to the peanuts or whatever that are in there and then it won't let go of those things and it's trapped. In the same way, if we hold on to the old thing, we can't take hold of the new thing. So that's why it says, release it. Forget that, I'm doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing now. Genesis chapter 26, Isaac was on a a journey of discovery. The whole land was in famine. He ended up out of his comfort zone. He's in a place called, well, it's the Philistine territory. and He's going around and moving around in different places. And he could have held back in fear, but instead he held on to God's promise. God said to him, God appeared to him at that point and said to him, I will be with you and I'll bless you, even here. So, he sowed seed. He planted in faith. And it says something happened. He reaped in the same year a hundredfold. In a, in a time of famine. Even his enemies could see, it says, we could see that, you're, that God is with you. And they came and they said, please go away. They gathered around him, they begged him to move away. And they started to fill up the old wells that his, that his father Abraham had dug, that he was opening up. They, you know, I don't know what they did, they throw sand and stones and old carcasses of animals in there to, to block them up. These enemies were coming and trying to block what God was doing. So now Isaac went traveling all around that comfort, outside of his comfort zone, this other place that was not his homeland, looking for something more precious than gold. Because you can live without water, but you can, without gold, but you can't live without water. So he's looking for water. And it's limited and it's in the earth and he has to go to one place and he's, I don't know, God says to him, dig here. So they dig there and guess what? There's water there. Isaac's servants discovered water. But the locals, it said, contended against him. So they called the name of that place Esek, which means contention or dispute. Now again, Isaac could have stayed there and had a dispute. But what did he do? He let go of the dispute. He didn't argue anymore, he let go. There's hope when you let go of a dispute. 
Then he went to another place and he opened up another well. Guess what? Water gushing up everywhere. People came to quarrel with him there, so he called that place Sitna, which means opposition. You can read about this yourself. He didn't fight about it. He released that to them as well. He wasn't going to keep disputing and fighting opposition. He just believed God's going to bless me anyway. No matter where I go, I'm going to go and dig another well. It's all right. You can have that one. I'm going to dig over there. (laughs) And he dug there. And guess what happened there? Water came. And in that place, he said, now God's given me room. God's given me room. Verse 22. And he called it Rehoboth. For he said, now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. When I was in India years ago, I'm sorry if some of you heard this story, but I stayed with this guy, Moses Paulos, and he had moved onto this island and he was the only, him and his wife were the only Christians on this island. They were the, the, the only other people who'd ever been brought, who were Christians who landed there were immediately executed um, for being Christians once they got on this island, Rameshwaram. So nobody would give them a home. In the end, cut a long story short, they ended up getting a home. It was a divine, incredible thing. And then one night, he, he's, but he's surrounded by people who hate him. All these Hindu people who would come and break every window. And his evangelism strategy was he would pick up the stones that had broken the windows, put them in the centre of the room and pray for the people who were breaking the windows. And then they would come weeks afterwards and they would say, please can you pray for us in whatever the name of your God is because we've not been able to sleep since we broke your windows. And then they would become Christians. That was how they were doing it. And so he wasn't disputing with them. And then one night he had a dream that in the dream in his back garden there was gold. So he went and he got his spade and he started to dig in his own back garden. It's only a little back garden. Guess what he found? Water. It's, a, it's, a, it's all surrounded by seawater, this little island. Guess where the only well on the island was? His back garden. So everybody then has to come to him and buy water off him. Then later on, he, get, he gets a thing from God that he's supposed to go and build this huge stadium for when revival comes and it hits, hits um, India. And so he's building this thing out in the middle of nowhere. I went and visited. He asked me to go and pray for it and open up the prayer room in this huge thing that he's building out there. And so he goes to this place. They give him this land for nothing because it's scrub land. Nobody wants it. This rubbish bit of land on the island. He buys it for next to nothing. He goes and digs land. Guess what he finds? Water, a lake. It's his. The only two places with fresh water on the island, they both belong to him. Our God can make a lot of room. God is making room for us in 2019. This Chile Hume thing is it's just part of it. You know, it's a big spot, it's amazing. It's it's like it's not not from God's perspective. It looks big on Google Maps, but if you do that after a bit you lose it. <laughs> it's not big to God, but I'm very grateful for it. God has made room. There's going to be ways in which I believe, if we hold on to this, we're going to say, by the end of the year, we're going to say, God's made a lot of room for us. If we don't get stuck, God will make room for us. So here's the declaration for that. Why don't you stand to declare it, just so that you're kind of waking yourself up and, and holding on to it. And declare, My God, you are sufficient for me. God, I believe believe. there will be enough enough. and you will make room room. in Jesus' name. name. Amen. 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 Please take a seat. He's making room. 
Lord, thank you that you are our Father, you are the righteous one. And this release comes from letting go. So why don't you just talk to him about it? I release, Lord, right now, anybody that has been unkind or that has hurt me, any fight that's been against flesh and blood, I release that. I'm not going to argue that. And Lord, I ask that you would now release in the heavenly places all that you have for me as I now see from a kingdom mindset. And I praise that you are working on my behalf to bring about release and to make room all around me. Amen. Word number three is turning. 2019 is a year of hope because God's going to turn things around. The dates, by the way, are arbitrary. There was nothing particularly special about December the 31st going into January the 1st. Because if we weren't ready then, these words were not for us. And if we're not ready now, they're still not for us. But if we're ready for them, God will release them. And I'm praying that we're ready for them. And I'm ready for God to turn things around in all kinds of ways. And I believe that now Ivy's brought us, God has brought Ivy to a turning point. A turning point is a, is, a, is a season of significant change. We're starting to see it, aren't we? Zoe was, we were driving along the other day and Zoe said, oh look, there's the crocuses that are springing up. There's, there's things that are happening now that shouldn't really be happening now, but they're happening now. Because God's not looking at the calendar and saying, oh, I can't do the crocuses yet. In Deuteronomy, we learn about a time in which Israel was doing lots of turnings but not actually turning around. They were just going round and round in circles. Just going round and round and round in circles. That's what they were doing. They weren't making progress. They were just using up shoe leather. And it was a good job that God said, your shoes aren't going to wear out. Because <laughs> they would have worn them out otherwise. They're going round and round in circles. But they, it's because they weren't seen from a kingdom mindset. They were just following the person in front of them and going round and round in circles. They weren't discovering new horizons. And that was about to change. Deuteronomy 2, 1 to 2. Then we turned, say we turned. And journeyed into the wilderness of the way of the Red Sea as the Lord spoke to me. And we skirted Mount Seir for many days. So the first turning was all right. But it wasn't enough. There needed to be another turn. When he says for many days, do you know how long many days was? 38 years. Just in case you think you can't waste a bit of time. 38 years. That's what you call Moses, so I tell them that not quite like it is. <laughs> and the Lord spoke to me saying, you have skirted this mountain long enough. Turn northward. In another translation, God says, you've circled this mountain long enough. They were turning, all right, but they were just going round and round in circles. Just going round and round the same mountain. Stuck in the wilderness, in a place that they were meant to go through. And learn some things by going through, but they ended up getting stuck in the place. They were meant to go through on the way to the promised land. 38 years, stuck in this holding pattern. And then God is like, enough. Enough. Go that way. And he points them north, where all good things come from. Towards the promised land. 
Is there an area, is there something that's frustrated you for a long time? It's just like, ah, oh, I'm just seeing we're going round and round in circles. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just, oh no, I can't believe I'm back at that same tree. <laughs> you know? Oh, 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 he's there again. Oh, why am I back here? Why am I there? Well, turn that way. Then you start to see a different horizon. God says it's time to turn. And you see what was there all along. God wants you to discover, in, to discover a horizon that wasn't available to you before. It was there all the time, but you just weren't seeing it. Now, with revelation, you see it. And it was there all the time. And you don't have to go round and round anymore. You just got to strike out in the direction that God is calling you into. So, how does that happen? You realize, I've been through a test, I've been through a trial, I'm going to hold on to the things that God taught me while I was in that wilderness place, that hard place. It's not wasted, but I've been there long enough. And I don't have to go around it now because I know the things that I needed to learn in the wilderness. I learned that I can strike a rock and water will come from it. I learned by going round in that place you know how to deal with snakes or whatever it is that I had to find in that place God took me in that and he taught me through that but I don't have to stay there anymore because now God's got something up there for me and that's where he's going to take me into and so I've learned and and so there's things that we've learned there's discernment and there's insight that has been clarified and sharpened so much in the previous times but now He's cutting off that branch to bear much fruit. That's what Jesus says. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit and every branch that does bear fruit. He prunes. So that it will bear even more fruit, be even more fruitful. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I'll never forget when we were in Surrey, we lived in this, near this vineyard and, and there's this, this life cycle of a, of a vine tree and, you went, and it was one, two, three, four. It was like oh, through the year and there's a bit when it looks like it's growing really well. It's like, look at that thing. It's amazing. And then the next one, it's like, it's like they've let me at it with the shears, <laughs> which is never a pleasant thing because there's like nothing hardly left. It's been cut that, back to that and you're like, why would they do that? And then, oh wow, that's why. What was pruned back? It was a season. It was brutal. But now, it will bear much fruit. It will be even more fruitful. So if you've resonated with any of these words, and you've written them down, or made a note of them, I want you to take some time in the next week or so, the next few weeks, meditate on these, and especially the scriptures, which we're going to, I think we've got another um, slide, Did we put another slide up that sort of summarises some of these things? And what I want you to do is receive them, if you believe them, and claim them by faith, and activate them, and release whatever you need to release from yesterday in order to receive what God has got for you today and for the rest of 2019. It is in Christ that we find out who we are 
and what we are living for. It's about him getting closer to him. So these are the three words, turning, turn around. No going round and round the same mountain anymore. Break out of that desert and go into the fruitful place. Starting tonight, release, cry out to God for the new thing. It isn't automatic. You know, Bartimaeus had to cry out. It wasn't like, oh, who's there? Jesus is coming back. Oh, I think Jesus would make an appointment for me. No, it was like, Jesus, mm, yeah. don't pass me by. Yeah. Come on. And then Jesus said, what do, you, what do you want? And he told him, it's really clear. Tonight, I believe, as we pray, God is opening up new wells. Yeah. And he's, he's releasing old wells. And what does God want you to discover? Just praying for even more revelation tonight. So if there's one of these words that was like for you, in a minute, I'd like you to, we're going to go to different bits of the room. Is anybody, by the way, hand, just one hand up, if, you, if for you the word discover was one that really grabbed you? Anybody? Sam, Samuel, okay. So Samuel's in charge of the discover group and they're going to go into the back in there. If you've got a discover, just to pray with that word and he goes into the back there. Release, new thing. Who was that, Anybody? Hannah and Beatrice, okay. Can you stay around that area because you're there anyway? And turning, you've circled that mountain long enough and it's time to strike out and break out into something new. Isaac and? Dio. Okay, could you come over this side? Right, let's do it now. Just move into those, those things and just go, go for one. If it's all three, grab one. And we're gonna, I just want you to just to spend a little bit of time praying into these things. So again, at the back with Samuel, Sam, we've got discover, good works, prepared in advance, praying for more revelation. Release for the new thing, Hannah, around here. And turning, you've circled this mountain long enough and it's time to, to break out into the new thing. Can everybody stand up and go somewhere so we can start to pray into these things? And Lord, I thank you for a release of the truth of your word in this place. By faith, Lord, I activate your word and its power in these different groups as people are praying now, Lord. And I ask you to come and, and speak through these groups and hear their prayers. And thank you that you are going to do something tonight that's going to make a difference for the rest of this year and not just for our year, but for eternities. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.